you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. And it's Monday, September 4th, and you're listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. That is the voice of today's special guest, a 12-year NFL vet, an offensive lineman who logged time at every position on the offensive line. Is that even done these days? His social media fame is directly linked to his breakdowns of NFL film. Fans revere it. NFL players reference it. He's basically an unpaid coach for all 32 NFL teams. He's got nine straight fingers and one that only Salvador Dali and a mother could love. He's the Massapequa Mauler. He's Brian Baldinger. Welcome back to the pod, Baldy. Andrew, it's good to be with you. Happy Labor Day. Uh, We are 72 hours away from kickoff here, Andrew. We're getting awfully close. This is an annual thing for you. Does your level of joy ever go down? Are you just as amped now as you were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? I was a rookie uh, 41 years ago, Andrew. And I can honestly say um, I felt the exact same emotion to kick off a season as a player or a broadcaster, whatever capacity I've been in since 1982. I feel the exact same level of excitement. Every year, although I think this it feels even more exciting. We've had really super exciting Super Bowls recently. We've had a lot of tremendous quarterback play, a lot of young stars in this business. And those are the people, honestly, Andrew, that just keep you coming back for more. I mean, they this game is driven by the stars, and we have so many good, great young stars that are just seem to be great people and great leaders for their teams. Uh, while you mentioned this, you know, certainly a lot of the offseason spotlight was gobbled up by, was soaked in by the New York Jets. And of course, their new star, a familiar star to us, now number eight, Aaron Rodgers. But put somebody on our map who you think doesn't quite have star status as you and I speak, but by the end of this season will have it. You want to put somebody on our radar? Yeah, you know, I, I'll go uh, Jalen Phillips, the outside linebacker defensive end of the Miami Dolphins. I mean, he just – he really came on halfway through the season last year. I think Miami is going to be a really good team. I think we know some of the guys on that defense. Uh, but I think we're all going to come to, to know about Jalen Phillips. He has everything it takes – to be as good as he wants. Amazing. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. And on today's show, truth in San Francisco, consequence in KC. What do I mean by that? The real reason why the Nick Bosa deal isn't done yet and the real impact of the Chris Jones deal not being done yet. Plus, Baldy's breakdown of Sunday's Cowboys and Giants game and Monday's Bills and Jets game, both at MetLife. What a week to be in New York, huh? The Open, the U.S. Open, two games at MetLife, back-to-back nights. What are we doing stuck out here in L.A.? And the best week one performance Brian Baldinger has ever seen. That's coming up. But first, this. Blau back, looks right, and he pumps to throw, and now he goes down. 
Who got him there? Bosa! Bosa! 18 and a half for Nick. That, of course, the reigning defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, who remains in a holding pattern, a holding out for an extension pattern, if we're being specific. And it is safe to say that he has outplayed his rookie contract, the fifth-year option of which was, of course, picked up by the Niners. Now, the specifics of the contract negotiation, Baldy, are not worth me getting into. Too much speculation from someone who has never been on either end of an NFL contract talk. But Baldy, you have, what is your experience in the NFL and your sources in the NFL tell you about this current stalemate? We are a mere six days from the Niners opening game against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Is Nick asking for too much? Are the Niners offering too little? Is this a duration of the deal problem or a size of the deal problem or am i overstating it is there no problem at all no i mean it's not done so there's you know there's still an issue uh honestly i'm in fort lauderdale right now i can walk down the beach to nick's apartment right from here you know i can just go knock on the door but honestly you know if you look at what john lynch has done and jed york and the 49ers i mean whether it's trent williams you know whether it's uh you know you pick a player debo samuel christian mccaffrey george kittle uh fred you know you name it they've They've got some of the highest paid players at their positions in the league. And honestly, none of those guys had to really hold out to get their money. They got paid. And so I think Nick Bosa has been there during all these negotiations. And you just go, okay, um, it's my turn. I mean, I, I just come off the defensive player of the year. We go to the NFC Championship game. I have my best year ever as a pro. You just signed Javon Hargrave to pair next to me to, to keep the number one defense in the NFL, the number one defense in the NFL. Okay, I mean, it's my turn. And I, I think that's kind of, I mean, I'm not here to to uh, lobby for Nick Bosa to become the highest paid defensive player, but it, it just seems like that's just where we are in today's negotiations at whatever position. And he's watched all these other great players on his team get paid, become the highest paid player at a moment in time. And, uh, and here he is, you know, six days before uh, they open up with Pittsburgh and he's unsigned. So... See, see, these things can still get done. There's still time to get this done. Um, I think they feel like Nick Bosa, if he showed up on Saturday night in Pittsburgh, that he'll be ready to put the pads on and still play on Sunday. Christian McCaffrey, to Baldy's point, is the highest paid running back in the NFL. Trent Williams, left tackle, is the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, the highest paid running back in the NFL. George Kittle, the highest paid tight end in the NFL. Fred Warner is the third highest paid linebacker. Debo Samuel, the seventh highest paid wide receiver. This is, you're absolutely right, Baldy. This is not a team that is averse or adverse, I suppose I should say, to rewarding their best players um, with contracts that are commensurate with their standing within their position group around the NFL. Are you hopeful? Do you have a note of hope to offer Niners fans who worry about the fact that Nick Bosa, the reigning defensive player of the year, might not be in the lineup come Sunday? Yeah. I mean, they're they're not as formidable. I mean, it's just uh, – it, it's just uh, – it, 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 you just take him out of the lineup and they just don't – I mean, Eric Armstead and Javon Hargrave and Drake Jackson, they're all highly drafted players. None of them uh, – Nick makes all of them better. He makes, you know, Fred Warner better and – Dre Greenlaw better. It makes them all better. Um, he 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 affects the quarterback. He he affects the game plan and how you protect your quarterback. 
I mean, everything about what Pittsburgh is working on right now, I can guarantee you, even on taping this on Labor Day, six days before kickoff, I guarantee you that in Pittsburgh's um, meetings this week, it's about where is Nick Bosa and how are we going to handle him and make sure that we have him at least eyeballed and the right protection no matter where he lines up. I wouldn't be surprised Brian Baldinger finished this sentence if on Sunday the game between the Niners and the Steelers finishes how? I think it's going to come down to the final possession. I mean, you just think about it. Nick, If Nick Bosa is in the lineup, if he does get there in time, Nick Bosa is the 2022 reigning defensive player of the year. The 2021 defensive player of the year plays on the other side in TJ Watt. I almost feel like they're either one of those guys are capable of tipping the balance of power in his game. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The next topic is a familiar topic, a defensive star in the NFL holding out for an extension. So a similar situation to the Nick Bosa deal that we just discussed a moment ago, and yet different too. The difference is this. Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones is playing in the last year of an extension that he signed after his fifth-year option was picked up by the Chiefs. That extension, a four-year, $80 million deal. Again, trying to buy time is Stedham. He's got no time. Chris Jones, his second sack of the game. 15 on the season, six for the game for the Chiefs. A loss of nine as the Chiefs hold on downs. Chris Jones is under contract, like Nick Bosa, but he's holding out for a better extension. And I think, like Nick Bosa, Baldy, it's safe to say that Chris Jones has outplayed his current deal. My question about this situation, though, is less about the, the contract numbers, that minutia, less about the deal, more about the dynamic, about how different a dynamic it is without Chris Jones in the building, without Chris Jones on the practice field. How much do the reigning champs miss this man? Well, they're not nearly as threatening defensively without Chris Jones in the lineup. And he plays a variety of positions. I don't believe Kansas City would have won the Super Bowl without him last year. I don't know that they would have won the AFC Championship game against Cincinnati without him. He was just that dominant against Joe Burrow and Kansas City last year. And he was the best defensive tackle in football. And Chris Jones is set back this offseason and watched Deron Payne get a new contract from the Washington Commanders. He's watched a Jeffrey Simmons get a $98 million deal with the Tennessee Titans. He watched Quincy, uh, Quentin Williams of the New York Jets get paid. They all play his position. And Chris Jones is better than all those players. He's just a better player. He's just more dominant. He understands when the game is in the balance and what his job is when the game is in the balance. He understands how to take over a game. And for that, I would say, much like Nick Bosa, like he is striking when the iron is hot. And it's I mean, hard for Kansas City to say, well, we've already given you an extension. Uh, play under your last year. 
it just doesn't, it just doesn't, it's just not the way put, uh, business is done in the NFL these days with your star players. I think Chris Jones, and maybe you'll agree with me, is one of the many examples in the NFL, you can speak to this better than anybody, Baldy, where stats don't really tell the whole story about a man's stature. His stats are impressive. If you look at last year, he had you know 44 combined tackles, but the big number, the gaudy number that jumps off the page, especially for a man at the defensive tackle position, is 15 and a half. 15 and a half sacks from the inside of that line. Now, you know as well as anybody, they did line him up outside uh, a a lot more this past season than they have in seasons prior. But talk to me about the real impact of a disruptive player like Chris Jones. I should think on third down, the opposition is looking at where number 95 is, at where number 95 is, at where Chris Jones is, and they are adjusting accordingly. Well, the, the most direct line to a quarterback is a straight line. And he lines up basically in front of the quarterback. Now you can line up your center and your guard, your guard and your tackle, your guard tackle and running back to try and stop him. And he beats all those combinations. And if you do leave him for whatever reason, left one-on-one -on -one with any center or guard in this business, he beats him quickly. And so you just have to turn on the AFC championship game and watch him hit Joe Burrow five times in that game. And literally Joe Burrow had open receivers and he couldn't get the ball to him. Uh, he couldn't do his job because Chris Jones was affecting his job. And every offensive line, every quarterback can escape edge pressure. They're skilled enough to be able to protect the ball, slide in the pocket. You watch all the drills in the offseason, him sliding away from brooms and all that stuff. The one thing they can't slide away from is pressure right in their face. They can't get away from that. That's That affects every quarterback that wants to stay in the pocket and carve you up. It doesn't matter what the name in the back of the jersey is. That affects quarterbacks more than anything. Not a bad run stopper either, let's be honest, is he? No, no. I mean, he is, he, he is a, he's an every-down player. He's just an every-down player. And he plays the game the right way, and he has, um, he has the ability to play a lot of snaps. I mean, he is in good condition. He plays a lot of snaps. He's not on one of these rotations where he's off the field, you know, for any extended period of time. They do obviously take him off to rest him a little bit here and there. But when every important situation, whether it's two-minute, whether it's third down, whether it's the end of the game, whether it's overtime, whether it's two minutes at the end of the game, he's on the field. He's on the field because he knows those are the plays that are most important. Follow-up question, how much will they miss him on Thursday if he's not in there versus the Lions? And, of course, it's looking increasingly like he will not be in that lineup on Thursday when the season opens in Kansas City, the defending champions hosting the upstart Detroit Lions. How much will 95 be missed? Well, I mean, look, Jared Goff is a pure pocket quarterback. And to Jared Goff's uh, credit of Detroit Lions, um, he, he will stay in there and take his hits and take his lumps in the pocket. But he's not running away from any pocket. He's staying right there, waiting for things to develop, unload. If Chris Jones is in there, first of all, you know, you also understand, like, Deron Payne, Quinton Williams, like, he's taller and bigger than all those guys. Jeff Simmons, I mean, he's every bit of 6'5". He's got a high reach. He gets his arms up like he's, he's a difficult guy to throw it over the top of to begin with. And then the way that he's able to push the pocket, crush the pocket, get on guys edges. Like it's just going to be not nearly like the word I used early. It's just not going to be as formidable for Jared Goff to be able to help, you know, carve up the Kansas City Chiefs defense 
without Chris Jones in the lineup. Translation, Brian Baldinger says that Chris Jones is a blacksmith striking while the iron is hot. He is getting a deal done now. Why? Because now is the time to get a new deal done, the final year of his four-year $80 million contract. Why? Because Baldy reminds us, Quinnen Williams has the highest total value contract amongst defensive tackles in the NFL. That's $96 million. Jeffrey Simmons right behind at 94. Deron Payne right behind Jeffrey Simmons at $90 million. And Baldy reminds us that as good as those players are, Chris Jones is simply better. So translation number two, he is at least a $100 million man. And Kansas City knows it, and Kansas City better pay this man because they need to play this man. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. With me today, the titan of tape, the phenom of the film room, Brian Baldinger. And the next topic is H-Y-P-E, hype, hype, hype. The final game of week one could just be the best game of week one. The Jets hosting the Bills Monday night at MetLife. Baldy, Aaron Rodgers leads this team, but he does not define this team what does define this jets team and does it have the power to define this game monday night against the bills i think they have the deepest defensive line in the nfl and i think they have the deepest group of pass rushers in the nfl that's the way this team has been built they've just been each of the last two number one draft picks on defensive linemen in will mcdonald this year jermaine johnson last year carl lawson a high-priced free agent from cincinnati quinn williams the third pick in the draft, Bryce Huff, the most underrated pass rusher in the league, on and on and on. They're, they're eight deep, and so they literally love to – and it, it started this preseason, Andrew. Like, they had 13 sacks in the preseason. They played four games, you know, one more than anybody else. And it's not that it was 13 sacks was, um, like, outrageous because a lot of the starters weren't playing all that. But it was a mentality that they have. We're going to get to your – and nine of their 13 sacks – came on third downs. We are going to get after your quarterback on third down with our front four. Whatever four it is there, whether it's John Franklin Myers, Quinton Williams, whoever, whatever combination we have, we're going to get to your quarterback and drop seven into whatever coverages we have. And we're going to have more men to de defend your receivers to make it more difficult for your quarterback. We're going to change our coverages up. We're going to have seven guys in combination. And we're going to let our front four um, like Joe Douglas, the general manager, told me uh, last year, they're going to be a pack of hungry wolves getting after quarterbacks every single week. They showed in the preseason it's a mentality. They expect to get to the quarterback. They expect to hit them. They expect to affect them. And I think that is why I would be most optimistic about the Jets' chances this year and why the hype might not be overhyped. 
The Jets had the NFL's fourth-ranked defense in both points per game and yards per game allowed last season. Baldy is saying this is a team whose identity is not their quarterback. It's about aggression, about getting after the opposing quarterback. And keep this in mind, the last time that Aaron Rodgers played with a top-five defense, he led that team, that Packers team, in 2010 to a Super Bowl victory. Translation, what's bad? about this Jets defense, and I mean bad in a good way, is good for a bad man, that bad man being Aaron Rodgers. You're with me, right? Brian Baldinger, I have to ask a follow-up question to this Jets-Bills conversation. Do you have an early thought, way too early? We're literally a week out. You and I are talking at 2.46 Pacific Standard Time on Monday afternoon. The game is a week and some hours from now. Do you have a sense for how this game is going to go down? I wouldn't be surprised if the first Monday night game of the season between the Bills and the Jets ends how? Well, I'm not sure that Josh Allen and the Bills have ever stepped into a stadium since Josh Allen has been the quarterback that's going to be as juiced as this MetLife Stadium is going to be Monday night. I, I don't know that they, they've gone to Kansas City and play. Kansas City's legendary in Arrowhead. I don't know that they – the atmosphere, you're going to have to handle the atmosphere. And, look, I, Josh Allen has played a lot of big games, championship games and all that stuff. But this, the atmosphere is, A – going to be unrecognizable to any Jet fan. Rex Ryan was hoping they would get there. I don't think – what they're going to show on Monday night is going to be something that's going to come right through all of our television sets when Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, you know, get ready for the call. That's number one. And then number two, you know, the Jets did beat Buffalo last year when they got decent quarterback play. They beat them, and they beat them because they were able to run the ball against Buffalo. And teams that have beaten Buffalo, whether it's Cincinnati and the AFC – you know, and the, playoff game this year in Buffalo or in the past, they have been able to run the ball against Buffalo when you beat Buffalo. And I don't believe Von Miller's not playing. They just traded Boogie Basham away. Um, there is no middle. There's the linebacking core is different. I don't believe that Buffalo is going to be able to stop this Jets rushing attack of Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook and Michael Carter. I think they're going to have a, I think they're going to struggle to stop this running attack. Translation, the word of this game, as Brian Baldinger sees it, is fear, fearing the run, which the Bills should do, and atmosphere. That's right. This is an atmosphere this team has not yet seen, and they may not have an answer for it. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Thank you for listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Brian Baldinger, and the next topic is the next game, Baldy's Baldy's breakdown of the NFC East clash between the Cowboys and the Giants, that game one night prior to the game we just talked about in the same stadium at MetLife. Giants hosting the Cowboys, and the key to this game may be stopping 11. Now, don't roll your eyes. Yes, the key to every NFL win is stopping the opposition, stopping the opposite 11. But no, in this case, I mean the man wearing number 11, Micah Parsons. Can the Giants do it? How can the Giants do it, Brian Baldinger? And do they have a chance to win this game if they don't do it? Well, Michael Parsons is 4-0 against the Giants. In his two years right now, the Giants have yet to beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys defense, I believe, is better than they have been, and they've been very good. They have led the league in takeaways over two years. 
Um, it's what they pride. It, it's what they have done. Nobody has led the league in takeaways two years in a row since the Pittsburgh Steelers did it in the steel curtain years of the mid seventies. The Cowboys may very well do that with the additions of Stephon Gilmore, the addition of Mazzie Smith and Micah Parsons bigger and stronger than he has been in those last two years. If you want to try and go play action and the quarterback, Daniel Jones turns his back to Micah Parsons. I don't care if it's Andrew Thomas, Evan Neal, or some comment. You turn your back to Micah Parsons. It is quarterback beware. So I, you know, he his two sacks in his four games against the Giants have come off play action. Um, it's not that he has dominated the Giants by himself. He hasn't, but this is a very good Cowboys defense. They're very fast. The windows may open, but they close very quickly. Uh, I think they're the best defense they have been in a long, long time. And that, to me, is going to set the tone, how the Giants move the ball against this team. I think they've scored 62 points in four games against Micah Parsons and the Cowboys the last four games. Now, it's, that's past years. The Giants are far better uh, from a talent standpoint than they have been at any point over the last five years, ten years. So that, that you can't just base it off that. But you've got to score more than 15 points which they have averaged against this Cowboys defense. And that might be hard to do on Monday night. Who has the bigger impact in terms of players wearing a new uniform in this game, Darren Waller for the Giants or Brandon Cooks for the Cowboys? I think Darren Waller does. Just watching them in the preseason, watching how they've sort of already begun to game plan with him, move him around, put him in different spots, uh, just his size, how well he's running right now. I think he's running as well now. Uh, as he's ever run ever in his life. I mean, his just movement is just different than almost everybody at that position outside of Travis Kelsey. And I think that he is going to be a huge addition to this offense. I think he makes a bigger impact between Brandon Cooks and, and Darren Waller. If you had to pick right now, we won't hold you to it tomorrow. Who wins this game and how do they do it? Well, I think the, uh, I think it's going to be very, very close. I think it's going to – whoever comes down to – if somebody has one more takeaway than the other team, that might decide it. Because I think the Giants are very talented. They're going to be in the conversation for NFC East crown this year. And maybe they set this, the tone on uh, Sunday night at MetLife Stadium. I, I can see the Giants taking this deep into the fourth quarter. I'm not in love with the Cowboys' offense the way it is structured right now. And I think they're going to have some issues uh, week one. Translation in the Sunday game between the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants at MetLife Stadium. Brian Baldinger thinks this one may come down to one simple but very important thing, takeaways. Keep this in mind. Brian Baldinger just a moment ago reminded us who led the league in takeaways last year and the year before. And it's the team wearing silver and blue, not red, white and blue. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. Andrew Levy with Brian Baldinger. And the final topic is first impressions. Brian Baldinger, we are four days away, as you reminded us from the beginning of the 2023 NFL campaign. I can't wait. I know you can't wait. But let's search the vault. In your case, it is a long, memorable vault because you know more games. You have seen more games than anyone possibly in NFL history. You've watched just that much tape. Take me back to a week one game, a kickoff game that was so astonishing, so extraordinary. You remember it to this day. Who did it? What was the performance? Tell us the story. 
Mm, I'll go week one, 2007. Okay, now hold Randy on. Boss, can I remember that? No, I can't remember that. Tell us, what's that story? Week one, 2000, Randy Moss joined the New England Patriots after oh, two yes. uh, pedestrian years with the Oakland Raiders at that time. And people thought Randy Moss just might be done, might be finished. And on that day, the New England Patriots and Randy Moss, he had he was targeted nine times. He caught all nine passes for 183 yards and a 51-yard touchdown, a bomb. He would go on to set an NFL record that year with 23 touchdown catches from Tom Brady. And that would take him to an undefeated regular season. Of course, we know what happened in the Super Bowl that year. But it took him to an 18-0 start that year. And Randy Moss just unleashed a fury that afternoon against the New York Jets. He took it out on him. And anybody that thought that Randy Moss might be slowing down, might be finished, that was a rude awakening that afternoon. 16 years ago, Brian Baldinger remembers it like it was yesterday. You know what's funny, Baldy? I think I remember that too, because correct me if I'm wrong, but on that 51-yard touchdown, I remember seeing that replay over and over again. It was somebody who had eyes like a hawk, eyes like yours, who drew my attention to it, that Moss threw up a hand. The moment that there was the snap, he threw up a hand as if to say, it's going my way. I've got this guy beat. And sure enough, Brady found him for that 51-yard bomb. Do I have that memory correct that he threw the hand up and said, you know, it's it's only me on this play? I'm going to go into my uh, little film lab here where we hang up with this, Andrew, and just document that pretty well. I, I, I'm going to go pull up the play because I, okay. I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Amazing. That was 16 years ago. Why don't we bring it to you like it was yesterday? Uh, who's my editor today? Is it you, Coop? Coop, let's play that Moss touchdown right here. Ready to play action fake. Back to throw. Has time. Airs it out. Downfield. Randy Moss is there, and he has it. Touchdown. Wow. Three guys around him. 51-yard touchdown pass. Tom Brady threading the needle to Randy Moss. <laughs> and the Patriots are blowing the doors off the New York Jets in this season opener. I want to thank today's very special guest, Brian Baldinger. Baldy, thank you so much for joining us today, bud. Appreciate it. Happy week one of the 2023 season. I know you're excited about it. I know you've got butterflies, even though you're not taking the field. But, man, you take this so seriously, and I can't wait to share this new season with you, bud. Okay, Andrew, all, all the best. I'll be joining you all season long, man. I look forward to it. Thank you. I want to invite the listener to join us because next time on the pod, we are going to be making predictions. You're going to hear a lot of predictions this week, certainly about week one, but we're going to advance the story and we're going to talk about all the major awards. We're going to talk about breakout stars. And yes, we're going to talk about Super Bowl champions too. We're balling next time. Crystal balling. Till then, take care of you, take care of your crew and ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.